0: From Tula Tacos and Amigos in downtown Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Mader, publisher and editor of The Current. It's business, Acadiana style.
1: Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. E-commerce is about speed, but not just for the customer, for the seller, too. The name of the game is Striking While the Iron is Hot. You get your product to the top of the search ranking on Google, and you can move units pretty fast. Uh, You know, once a cat meme goes pandemic, it pays to be the seller who can deliver the hype on a mug or a t-shirt. The hard part is the logistics inventory takes investment and risk. So what are you going to do with all those cat mugs when the trend dies? Uh, My guest Josh Gorey's company, Completeful, makes that problem go away. Instead of stocking all the inventory in your house and waiting for the Internet to do its thing, uh, Completeful stocks and fulfills your orders on demand. And and based here in Lafayette, Completeful has grown real fast since Josh launched launched it in his garage engraving custom wedding gifts in 2017, uh, today, Complete Full ships tens of thousands of custom products each day for sellers on Etsy and Shopify, uh, enabling scores of micro shops around the internet with an integrated app. Josh Gorey, welcome to Out to Lunch. Hey,
2: welcome. Thank you for having me here.
1: Yeah. Uh, If the quick buck is your thing, then maybe graduate school isn't for you. Going deeper into higher education is a way to bury yourself deep into a professional or academic pursuit. Believe it or not, it's still a marketplace. Working your way through academia means finding a niche and selling yourself and your expertise to your future peers and mentors. It can be highly, highly competitive, very, very specialized, and the graduate schools are often competing for you, too. In 2019, U.S. graduate schools conferred one million degrees, an increase of 20 percent from a decade earlier. And despite a decline in post-secondary enrollment overall, graduate professional grow have actually increased enrollment over the last 10 years by 8%, according to the US Census. So UL's graduate school is a top producer of research. And they're asking questions like, how well do radishes grow in space? How does folklore impact the way our kids think and see the world? Well, they're working on those answers. And uh, as the Dean of UL's graduate school, my guest, Dr. Mary Farmer-Kaiser, has a front row seat to that work. Mary has helmed the graduate school since 2015 and has taught history at UL since 2000. A native of Kansas, she charted a successful career for herself by seizing the opportunities in front of her, uh, which I think is probably pretty good advice for anybody entering the workforce. Uh, Dr. Mary Farmer-Kaiser, welcome to Out to Lunch.
3: It's great to be here. Thanks.
1: So, Josh, I I actually feel like I've got a pretty good idea of what you do, Um, but what I'm trying to figure out is what the sellers do. So you, you stock the products, you engrave the products, you ship the products. So what does an Etsy seller actually need to do? Like, what are they making?
2: <laughs> so some of the stuff, not, not, we carry a lot of blanks, right? Yeah. So we may have a lot of blank t-shirts. So shipping out the products you said, like the cat, uh, you know, mug or the yeah. cat shirt. Um, but we also make a lot of products on demand as well. So wooden decor, and they can design it however they want. Um, the sellers honestly just do the marketing and handle customer service.
1: That's bizarre, like in a way, because like, if, I think if you were to maybe even go back like 10 years in terms of how people thought about selling things, you were still thinking of like, I got to make something, I'm going to process it, I'm going to design it. And instead, we're at a stage where somebody's like literally capitalizing on an idea not actually making anything, right? If that's what's happening with. Correct.
2: Yep. And, and it's, it's strange because it's hard to, when someone asks me, what do you do? It's like, we sell stuff. That's kind of, I, don't know, what do you, I, I don't know what I don't know what if I, it's like a either a really short we make stuff and sell stuff or mm-hmm. I have to go into this like fifteen minute explanation of how, how it works.
1: Yeah, and so so I mean one thing that occurred to me is like look I mean if you wanted to buy right if you had an event and you wanted your brand logo on a cup like people have done that for a long time so so how is this really different in, like the I guess we'll call it the more conventional customization industry. Like, what do you guys do that's sort of differently that's sort of enabled by the e-commerce
2: thing? So, it's 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 having being able to you have a you have a company that let's say sells those those types of products, right? They sell the logos and they sell the they they can't capture they can't come up with every single cat meme. They can't come <laughs> up with every they can't you can't there's there's a million. Different designs that you can sell, yeah. and so one company can't capture them all unless that one company has a million sellers mm-hmm. that are going out. Each one of those sellers are coming up with ideas. Does that does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. You can't go out and employ all these people, right? But if they're just contractors and they're just, you know, basically freelancing uh, everything that they have, that's we're we're able to capture, you know, a, a huge audience by doing so
1: that's fascinating so 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 mary this is kind of blew my mind i looked this up and i was like so the number of people going to college is shrinking but the number of people going to graduate school is growing and i feel like that kind of broke my brain so so what does that really actually tell us about what's happening in higher ed right now like what does that actually mean
3: so i think that what's happening is there's this bigger shift um going on nationally and i would actually say globally that um People in the marketplace um, are, are wanting to retool, um, tool up, um, mm-hmm. and either enter new jobs or um, with, with the economy. It could be, um, I need to be more competitive for <laughs> a promotion or I need to be more competitive for the job. In some disciplines, things get um, grad school enrollment goes down when the economy goes down in other disciplines it goes up so more if the jobs aren't there it's time to go back to grad school when the jobs are there it's time to go back to grad school to improve your your um, competitiveness and and your skill set with whatever job you're doing
1: so so are these people that are going to get professional degrees primarily or or is it people are going to like you said that some do well in the economy is like people going to get that MFA, or is it people that are like, no, no, I, I really want to get an MBA so I can really figure out how to capitalize on e-commerce and cat memes. We're gonna say cat memes a lot on this episode, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so, you know, the
3: coolest thing about being dean of the grad school is you're, you're seeing all of this from a very high level, and what you're seeing is, yeah, some of them are going back to get. Um, we're not going to say an MFA because we don't have an MFA in <laughs> the grad school, but we do have creative writing yeah. in our master's and our PhD program in English and so forth. And so there's there's people that are doing that, but we also have a really high demand for MBAs right now, um, and we have a high demand, obviously, for nurses, hmm. advanced practice nurses, so MSN degrees and DNP degrees. Um, and then there's teachers. So you have this deep research that's happening in grad school. And then you also have um, a professionalization, applied research side of grad school. Um, and, and both of those are happening at the same time. Josh,
1: so. we put you on the spot. Do you have an undergraduate degree? I Think do you, not. You do no. not have an undergraduate degree? No.
2: I went to uh, Louisiana Tech for biomedical engineering, but I, I quit my senior year. <laughs> Your senior year? Yeah, I had three classes left. Yeah.
3: You, you know, I want to tell you what one you should go back <laughs> and, and get that. Degree. You don't need to go back, but but part of my path. Yeah. Um, I mean, all the way back to undergrad, I got into my last year of undergrad, and I was going to law school. I mean, that was that was my plan and my trajectory from the very beginning. And then somebody said, "Well, what about?" And, and, a, and a door opened. That's almost and
2: exactly how yeah it worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean,
3: so I've never been afraid to walk through and to try out this new thing. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it was grad school. Um, for you, it was- Starting a, starting a business. Yeah, starting yeah. a business. Yeah. And, and it, that's how I ended up as dean of the grad school. I mean, there, there came a moment where they said, what about? this yeah. and and I'm like you know what yeah let's try this
1: Josh what, what was the the job that took you away from college
2: uh, it wasn't a necessarily a job it was more of a I guess a mindset um, I, I wanted to start my own business mm-hmm. uh, my goal was to be an engineer for a few years and by raising canes. <laughs> That's, that was my plan. Um, I grew up in a really small town, so yeah. it was just like, "Hey, these raisin canes are doing well. Yeah. I need one of those." Yeah. And uh, so I wanted to be an engineer, save up money, and, and open up a uh, raisin canes. And uh, my, the thought was, is I, I needed the money to start this business, right? And um, so I got this sales job whenever I was in college, and I, I made decent money. That it, it kind of taught me a different thought process in, in, in business. It's like, you don't, you don't need money to start. You can get started with nothing. And, um, anyway, I used the money that I made from that sales job and opened up a Jimmy John's it was my, my first, uh, first little kind of, uh, brick and mortar type business, but complete full. I started with $150. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It started with a hundred and I did not invest any more money into it. I took that $150 and just let it reinvest itself. Because I wanted to prove, I didn't think it was gonna be as big as it is now, but I, I wanted to prove that it could be done with very little money.
1: Yeah, I mean, so how did you land on that? I mean, one thing I, I noticed in reading some of the, the the research here was was that you, like it seemed like you kind of shopped for a business idea, right? I mean, like when, when you kind of landed on the idea of the en- wedding engraving. Yeah, well, like- I
2: tried everything. I sold <laughs> bikinis, I sold leather jackets, I sold, if, if, if it could be sold online I was pretty much trying to sell it
1: what led you from product to product though like how did you go from bikinis to leather jackets was, very was, very func- different it le- functions it was
2: it was learning learning how to market so leather jackets was just like hey I found a supplier that had these leather jackets and I know people need to buy biker leather jackets right and so I'm just kind of connecting them and taking my taking my cut um, the bikinis was a thing where I saw girls buying these 50 bikini you know 50 bottoms at, at Victoria's Secret, when I can buy them in China for three dollars, so I was like the same exact thing, yeah. and, and I was like, "There's no people don't," and I realized that it, bikinis weren't like a Louis Vuitton bag where you see it and you know what it is. Yeah. No, it's just a, it's just a bikini. There's no there's no brands on names on bikinis. You know, they're too, they're too small to have any any sort of logo on them anyway. Yeah. And so it's like, all right, well I'm just gonna buy a bunch of these bikinis and I'm gonna flip them. Sure. Yeah.
1: So so Mary, it kind of has me thinking a little bit. I mean, obviously graduate school very very broad you know kinds of things a person could be as you mentioned like somebody could be working in literature they could also be you know working on a degree in business but you know sometimes you hear a story like Josh's writer like, the idea of people like, kind of want that immediate thing that they can try out I mean is, is graduate school, I, when I thought about it, I took the GRE and it's already expired my scores, you know, and but, but part of what scared me away was looking at it saying like, that seems like I'm really committed here, man. I mean, like I, if I'm gonna go and get this master of arts in teaching or whatever it was yeah. that was interesting at the time, like it felt like a big investment. It feels like a lot of people these days like to not be tied down. How does that work in graduate school?
3: So one, um, there are a lot of grad programs and are grad, um, grad schools so that don't require the GRE okay. anymore. So, I, mean, there's I think been I just m- dated myself. In terms <laughs> you did. <of> <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, so there is a commitment. Um, but a master's pro- pro- program is really short. Um, so yeah. they can be completed in as much as a year yeah. or as little as a year. Um, wow. Most of them are designed to be completed in two years. Um, you can do it while you're a working professional. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of our graduate programs even some of our master's programs are designed for working professionals but, but one of the things that just struck me is the grad school in a, a lot of ways are about making connections so somebody is interested in doing this mm-hmm. um, let us help you connect with the people can, who can help you um, uh, figure out how to do that mm-hmm. or um, develop the idea more fully
2: do you, I have a question. Do you yeah. feel like uh, there's this in, in increase in grad school? Because um, I, I look at it from like our uh, our perspective, we, we we're trying to automate just about everything. So everything's getting really autonomous, getting robotic. So the the people that have these jobs that the the robotics are taken over, they have to get more specialized in what they do, so that they can actually. You know, work with these robotics. You
3: know, one of the one of the regular conversations we're having within the kind of graduate education community, and even at the undergrad level too, is is do you have to have the master's level degree now as an entry level degree? Mm. And that's a scary thing to think about. Um, I think that there um, everything is becoming more specialized, and it's also about ultimately um, optimizing everything that we do because you don't want to lose money and you want to be competitive against whatever competitors you have and so it's about knowing the discipline knowing the field in a really deep way undergrad doesn't teach you that I mean you're you're getting a really broad gen ed which requirement um, degree but at the graduate level you're going really deep to understand a field of study and and you're going to be prepared to optimize whatever it is that you're doing, even if it's cat memes.
1: How quickly is? <laughs> thank you for thank you for bringing it that back full well, circle. Yeah. How quickly is is are you know academics responding to this kind of stuff? I mean, I think historically, right? It seems yeah. like a kind of a bureaucratic world, but you know. I, Obviously, like there, there are ways that, like you mentioned, professional degrees, like yeah. be, being able to, like kind of adapt to what people mm-hmm. need. But I mean, is, is, I guess I'm curious how higher ed has actually responding to this moment. where You have people like Josh, people like yeah, who might maybe not complete full, but might benefit from some sort of specialization or might benefit hmm. from this opportunity to really work. Like, how, do, how do y'all actually do that?
3: So um, I'll be the first to say not well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're not, um, we're a bureaucracy and, and we're not particularly nimble. But what what has happened over the last several years is we have to be nimble. Hmm. We have to respond more quickly. And so you have different things happening in graduate education. I mean, the push to um, offer more part-time degrees, um, the ability to offer more online is certainly a response hmm. um, to to changing demands. But
1: I mean, what's the share? But how, how many e-com- what was the e-commerce? was say e-commerce degrees. How many? How many <laughs> of your degrees can I buy online? How, how many master's programs? Ph.D. programs you guys offer that are actually just online? Now.
3: So, it, I mean, it's a broad, it's a broad, broad spectrum. Um, one of our D, our DMP program our nursing um, uh, doctoral program, 100% online. Hmm. Um, the There are other programs that are more hybrid in nature or delivered in executive, um, an executive mile, like our educational um, doctorate degree. But our, our most significant in terms of um, numbers, I mean, that's our MBA degree. Wow. MBA degree program has grown um, incredibly over the last couple of years.
1: You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. I'm talking with Mary Farmer-Kaiser, Dean of the UL Graduate School, and Josh Gorey of Completeful. Josh, I mean, I would have looked your, your company's growing fast. You guys have been doing a lot of hiring, I would presume. These are questions you're starting to have to ask yourself. It's like, What kind of credentials do you need for, for, for people to work? I mean, are you finding that a master's degree is something that's important to uh, work with people? Honestly,
2: it's all. I mean, we, we're hiring all different types of levels. But one of the things that um, I wanted to hit on there was uh, one of our engineers, or all of our engineers, really. Um, they are, yes, their job is to be an engineer. But when they go home, their hobby, you know what it is? also being an engineer they <laughs> yeah. they they're they're building things they're yeah. uh, they're bringing stuff to work that they built at home as a hobby and saying hey can we use this and I'm like when do you find the time to build a drone in your garage <laughs> you know i don't understand because I mean, they're working a lot but yeah. you know is getting some of the guys that that when an undergraduate school were like, like I said, they not only were you an engineer, you know, trying to be an engineer in this college, you they went home and and they were building and tinkering things and getting very specialized on their own.
3: That's a grad student. Yeah. You know, that's a grad student because in my mind, it's the person that's really interested in being an engineer all the time, and they they didn't like having to do the gen ed requirements. They just wanted to take engineering classes. Hmm. That's what a grad student is. They're so passionate about whatever it is that they're interested in they want to know everything about it and they want to start to change the trajectory of the discipline Hmm.
1: um you know i i studied philosophy and one of the stories i told myself was that you know uh well i guess i heard this was 2006, right? That, that oh you know, well, you know, if I wanted to do this, that you know, they're really looking at those liberal arts majors now, even in things that <laughs> aren't inapplicable, right? Like, who really wants to hear me talk about you know Kant or whatever? But uh, you know, like Josh, I mean, is, is that still kind of true as an employer? Like, do, do you look at a resume for an engineer and, and try to see some sort of multi- multi-disciplinary multidisciplinary uh, track to be able to say like this guy? or gal might be a problem solver in an interesting way. I mean, I guess I'm curious like to what role does that actually play for you now that you have to hire these people?
2: So, uh, this is really really funny. Um, we actually have a couple of games that we play. Yeah, card games. And we ask and usually we can find a game that they have not learned yet. They have they have never played. Right. And so we'll teach them the basic rules. Here's what you do and and the hiring all the engineers that are hiring myself included. We're basically experts on the games that we're playing, right? And so we'll see how well they respond to playing those games. Hmm. And that's that's how we go about. And it's it's create it's being creative hmm. and and being quick and being able to make really good decisions fast in some of these card games that we play. And and we and we're able to. That's that's you can look at a resume all day long and it's on paper and and it, it doesn't it you don't you cannot figure out how well this person can solve problems. It, they may have. I've seen people come in with all kinds of crazy credentials, but you put them under pressure and they... But
3: it's also about being open yeah. um, to not knowing the answer and ultimately being able to um, dive in and try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's something
2: So that I'll, you have to do. I, I love that because when uh, one of the things that got me out of being a biomedical engineer, and I, I loved it, I, I loved what I did, but I took a couple of internships and it was like, hey, we want you to be an engineer, we want you to be an engineer inside this box. Hmm. And I don't, it was just like, that's not what an engineer is. An engineer is a creative problem solver. I don't need to be inside, if I found a solution outside of this box, can, can we build a box around it? You know, like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's how, how I- How about that, not
3: a box? Yeah, or no box. Yeah,
2: that's, that's, and, and that's what I try, That I want to find people you know that that think that same way. When we bring engineers in, and they they are all some of them are just like, well, you know, buy the book, buy the book, and it's like, no, 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 no. It, it, you can solve this in any way possible. Be, get creative, and that's why we bring up the card games because you you figure out how creative a person can get because they'll start asking questions. Can I do this? Well, what if I take these two cards and do this? And you're and you're like, okay. That, that, you know, they're, they're a creative problem solver.
3: So, you know, can I please, back yeah. to your point, though, about having um, an inter- interdisciplinary kind of team? Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that, that is really cool is when you put an engineer together with a philosophy major, with a, a writer. with a, I mean, you, you put these different people together, and they go at a problem in in this different way yeah. that you can't possibly I mean, it's cool to see that develop yeah. and that new knowledge be created in that moment. That's, that's because the, awesome. sometimes
2: the problem isn't the problem; it's, it's how you're thinking about the problem. It, absolutely. And if you if you get a lot of different, you know, perspectives on that problem, you, there's like, oh well, I I know a solution from that from that you know from that angle, and that, that's it's she's, the she's, what
3: if what if we went at it from this way? Yeah, that's, yeah.
2: that is exactly right. So it's, it's interesting
1: because it's almost like you know, there's a value in being a generalist now right and yet you know people are getting attracted to graduate school and becoming more specialized I mean is there a misalignment
3: there on how we're approaching it actually I don't I don't think I mean I think there's the value in understanding um, the generalist the base Mm -hmm. but when you get down to what you need to do you've got to have that specialized knowledge to optimize whatever your business is. Hmm. Um, and at a certain point, you've got to surround and fill your team with people that have the, the skill set and the knowledge base that you don't have.
2: Hmm. Hmm. That's what you, Everybody's heard of the uh, phrase, you know, jack of all trades, but a master of none. And what I tell people is, no, 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 you need to be a jack of all trades and a master of one. Yeah. And and that's how you get somebody that's super specialized in something, but has a broad understanding of everything else. What do and
3: you, a willingness to to appreciate and value yeah. the other stuff. Absolutely,
2: Josh. What do you think you've
1: mastered? If you're the master of one, what's your one? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: probably, probably problem solving and 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 getting putting the right people in in the right places. Hmm. Um, I, I, at first, I thought I just got really lucky um, being able to do that. Just it just seemed like it just it just fell into place every single time. It was just like, well, wow! I put the right person in the right place, and that and I. I, honestly, I, it still feels like I'm getting lucky at doing it, but it, I, I, I'm able to do it over and over again. And so I guess it's I have some natural ability to put the the right person in the right place. Mm-hmm. And, and there's not to say I don't make mistakes. I do. I put the I put the <laughs> I put the wrong person in the in the in the. But
3: you figure that out really fast. Exactly,
2: I figure that part out quickly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mary, are you a master of one? What's your one?
3: You know, I used to say. You know, obviously, I'm a historian. I I, I want to say that I'm a I'm I'm a master. At history, but
1: you literally, literally have a master's degree in history. I, you I have, have a PhD <gasps> in history,
3: um, but the last six years have has really taught me that, in a lot of ways, it is about putting people together hmm. um, and and bringing teams together um, who who are excited about whatever it is they're doing, hmm. whether it's a PhD student and their their mentor, or I mean, but but creating opportunities for people. Um, that's what I, I would say, yeah, absolutely. I'm about.
1: Yeah, so I, I gotta think that from your perch, right, that you kind of have a, like, when I was thinking about this in, in in writing about, you know, the kind of research that maybe comes out of you well, there's got to be a lot of stuff about what you get to see that just sort of surprises Blows you. Blows your mind, that yeah. That you're like, wait, there's a degree for that? I mean, what's, or, or maybe there's an application for that? I mean, what, I don't know, give us, give us a hint of how wild this stuff actually gets. And we, we heard about radishes in space. That's fascinating. It's fascinating all by itself. Well, what, what's the other radish in space situation?
3: You know, I mean, I have, I didn't know a lot about engineers um, in, as all, I entered grad weird. school. <laughs> 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 you, you think from A to B in a really direct way. And as a historian, I like to meander <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, from point A to point B. And, and so it's been really great to work with with engineers Mm -hmm. um but you know we've got stuff going on with um uh roundabouts
1: like you mean the traffic yeah the traffic i
3: mean civil engineering is is um making improvements every day i mean lafayette could use some some better traffic um so are they
1: doing research on like how to make a better circle is that what you're describing you know
3: (laughs) um uh, where it's appropriate to put Uh and and the traffic problems that it can solve Mm -hmm. um morphology mm-hmm. I mean the, the study of, of, of how um, fish electric fish have have um, ultimately changed over time I mean it helps us understand different things about how bones uh, the radishes how to grow radishes um, in space but but it's also about understanding our culture Um uh, the Francophone language, mm. the reach of the Francophone language. I mean, what I walk out knowing every day is that I don't know everything. And there is so much new knowledge that's being produced and created, um, pat- whether it's a patent or or a new book
1: yeah. that's yeah. being
3: written, novel and poems. and.
1: It, it's amazing that you don't run out of things to study, things to do, things to try, and that, you know, people, the business is just full of stories of people who tried one thing and ended up in another place, or some skill set that they grew up with turned out to be an applicable thing, you know, they start an interesting e-commerce business, or they end up being the dean of the graduate school, I mean, I guess it's the way these things work, and and it's really great to hear two stories like that, people finding, winding paths end up where they belong, so Mary and Josh, it was great having you both on out to lunch at Katie Anna, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having us. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been Dr. Mary Farmer-Kaiser, Dean of the UL Graduate School, and Josh Gorey of Completeful. We edited this show to fit in the time slot here on KRBS, and you can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Josh and Mary and what they do by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast, which you can find anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our social media. These photos were taken by Kieran McIntosh, who's also our sound engineer, and he recorded the show today. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for instacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producers are Molly Richard and Jan Rischer, Our researcher is Claire Como. And I'm Christian Bader, editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit source for local news. For more local news and commentary, head over to thecurrentla.com and sign up for our newsletter. Till then, I'll see you here again next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana.
0: Bye-bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Tula Tacos and Amigos. Tula Tacos and Amigos offers street-style tacos, margaritas, and an open-air courtyard on Jefferson Street in the heart of downtown Lafayette. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by... Short and Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and by Lafayette Comedy, bringing national comedy shows to Acadiana. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.